greetings, fellow geeks, and welcome to another episode of Geek Broadcast, a podcast where three broads discuss anything and everything geeky. I am one of your hosts, Lauren, and with me on this geeky journey are two of my closest friends. We have Christina. Hello. And we have Katie. Good afternoon. What's going on, friends? How's everybody doing on this lovely Sunday evening? Super great. It's snowing here. I have snow happening. Oh, you do? It's raining here. (laughs) Katie in her Texas ways. (laughs) Rain! (laughs) We had rain a little bit up where I was. I know Chrissy's a little more north than I am, so... Well, yeah, the the tip of Michigan, I'm I'm still getting, you know, up around the top of the ring finger. I'm still getting some snow and rain and back and forth today. Oh, good stuff as always. Right. Pure Michigan, as we like to say here in Michigan. Okay, guys. uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, episode two, The Star Spangled Man. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yes, yes, I was going to just get into that. So if you haven't watched the episode yet. Uh, You might want to stop here, go watch it, come back, listen to us. Easy peasy. So here we go with overall thoughts. Uh, I'll kick it off. A lot happened in this episode, to be honest. Um, A lot. We get Bucky and Sam together finally. They go on a little mission, which was awesome. The action in the show has really been very spectacular for me, especially it being a show and not a cinematic movie it feels very cinematic um with the action loved all that Uh, we get more information on the uh, flag smashers and their leader and what's going on with that whole situation and then of course we meet mr new captain america john walker which we all have thoughts which we will talk about (laughs) later on but overall, I, I dug this episode. I liked the pace of it. it was really good. Um, the action was sprinkled in very well. And then the emotional stuff was obviously in there as well. I think this is what that show, this show is doing pretty well for me, is mixing the the fun, the, the action of Marvel movies that we're used to, and then getting into kind of the emotional stuff, uh, specifically with Bucky Um I love it. Um, For me right now, Sebastian Stan is a standout for me in the show. He is doing such a great job with Bucky and kind of do like processing and showing what he's been going through the past few years being the Winter Soldier. I think his acting is very, 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 very top notch in the show so far. And so it's Anthony Mackie. He's killing it as the Falcon. So a lot of a lot of good stuff for me. I love the show. I think we only have four more episodes, which is crazy uh, to think about. And then we're done with this. So I'm excited to see where we where we're, where the show is going to take us. So, uh, Christina, I'll start with you. What was your overall thoughts on this episode? Such a good episode. It really started like we talked about last week. We're like, when are we going to see some of these things that, you know, we felt like after the first episode, we were missing a lot. And um, so it brought in a lot of the questions that we had from last week already, which was good because if that didn't happen, we were in big trouble. Um, Right, right. I did like it. I think I definitely think Sebastian Stan's just rocking it. Um, And remember, I did hate his face up until a couple weeks ago. Um, (laughs) This is true. Probably longer than that. It's been about two years since I didn't hate him anymore. Um, But no, absolutely nailing it. Um, Same thing, Anthony Mackie. Those two, their banter, you can tell they have a real friendship and relationship because they naturally can banter back and forth. And it it works. It seems Um, so natural. Right, right. Yeah, right. And if they didn't, you could tell. Like You can tell in a show that has two main characters if those people do not have like the chemistry and the relationship outside of what they're filming. So I thought it was overall really good. Um, It opened up a lot of doors, different directions. I liked some callbacks that we had throughout it to different things also, which is becoming a pattern. So I love that. Yeah, no, overall, I I 100% agree. It's just, it was a really good episode for it being the second one in a six part, six part series that we're getting a lot of good stuff. Katie, what about you, my friend? What was your thoughts? Uh, yeah, same. It was a it was another meaty episode. A lot of stuff happened. There was good action and good interaction. 
Um, I, I totally agree with you about the chemistry between Sam and Bucky. They do just have, you know, as much as they bicker and as much as they banter, uh, you can tell that they enjoy working together as, as actors, um, in this, in this universe. So that's fun to see. But then also, of course, there was a good bit of, a good bit of strife. We kind of have two, two enemies in the, (laughs) I feel like in these, uh, in the, in these right. coming right coming episodes oh man um can, can we talk about can we talk about john walker <laughs> and his uh yeah let's just, jump into it let's jump into it katie yeah let's let's talk john walker what were what were your thoughts what are your thoughts on him total d-bag are my thoughts i mean <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, you know I, I feel like at the very beginning of the episode, right there, they, they, he's setting himself up and he's so nervous and he has such high expectations and the world is just on his shoulders and blah, blah, blah. But once you kind of get to know him a little bit more, I mean, he's kind of a jerk, kind of a golden child. Um, you know, it, it, I don't know where they were filming at his high school football stadium uh, in the middle of the night. It looked like for Good Morning America. <laughs> right, right. I don't know if in um, in the comics, he's supposed to be from a small town in Georgia, I think. But uh, yeah, I, I couldn't really. It was just weird to me that it was Good Morning America, but it was pitch dark outside. And, uh, you know, of course, at the studio of Good Morning America, it was light already. So that was that was something that I noticed. It was kind of weird. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Y'all, you guys are from Michigan. I just dropped my first y'all on the podcast. There we go. Um, (laughs) I'm from Texas. I'm from Texas. And uh, football, I'm from Houston and a suburb of Houston where football culture is king. Um, And and, and the the kids who play the game are put on a pedestal and are separate from uh, for the rest of the community in a way. And I think that John Walker has a little bit of that mentality. Captain of the football team. He went from one uniform to the next as a, uh, as a member of our military. And he has just been elite everywhere that he has been. And I think uh, that has definitely, he's felt the pressure but also he's felt the uh, excitement of knowing that he's succeeding and knowing that his, you know, he's, right. he's got it in the bag. He's Mr. It on a stick and he doesn't care and he's going to get it done. Um, even in the, you know, the, the fight scene where he showed up to save the day, which not really, dude, you, you kept talking smack about how, oh, y'all weren't doing so good until I showed up. Well, actually you kind of got thrown off that truck too. <laughs> um, yep, sure did. so, you know, it, it, the, for me, like he was pretty cocky for someone who was also getting his butt handed to him and, Pride cometh before the fall, man. Like that, we were already seeing. I was already seeing, you know, hints of this guy is going to go bad. Like, you know, I right. really felt like no, that. hundred percent. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like that's what we're going to see at the end of the episode. I, I wrote down. Um, it was interesting to me. One thing that I love that you pointed out, Lauren, was the cinematography of this show. Uh, there's so many. The way they have framed shots has just stuck out to me. Uh, and this one in particular, when he was after he busted Sam and Bucky out of jail, which, of course, came in and saved the day again. Right. Mr. Golden Boy. Uh, his <laughs> face was framed in, in red as he was having that conversation with them about uh, once again, like, you know, we can do more together and we've got to work together. Uh, but having his face framed in red with the police sirens, um, I, I felt was a very deliberate choice. Just a, a little bit of foreshadowing that maybe he's going to be that misused yep. marketing marketing yep. boy, you know, that I that I kind of am predicting that he's going to be. So that's my big thought on John Walker. <laughs> I know we all have thoughts on him. <laughs> no, that's a really good. That's a really good thought. Um, Christina, I'll, I'll let you go and then I'll, I'll, I'll say my John Walker piece. What was your thoughts on him? The first thing that I wrote in my notes was WTF, arrogant ego entitled. 
That's fair. And because I know this guy, and although we didn't have the football culture, we had Hockey Town South. Oh, yeah, um, we, did. Yeah, we, we did. had our golden boy hockey players who, you know, you hang a varsity jacket by the front door, the cops won't show up. Mm. Um, and so, I mean, we know those guys. I think every school, everywhere, probably everywhere in this country at least, has that sport and those people that um, it you know, they can relate and that's who it is. And what bothered me is because I've spent a lot of time in locker rooms, um, played a lot of sports. You you see people who you have this, like, I don't even know what to call it, but there's locker room banter and camaraderie and, and you get into a different place when you're in a locker room mentally. And I think he was trying to get himself into that place, but he attempted to look modest and humble, but he was clearly faking it. And I, by the way, fantastic acting by Wyatt Russell at yes, that point. Yes, um, yes, agreed. Yeah. And when his his lady came in and was like, "Oh, I always came in here before games," and he's like, "Well, that's probably why we always won." And then she said, "Are you nervous?" And he said, "Never." And I was like, "Up oh, there's there he is. There's that ego. Here it comes. Right, We're gonna see right. it." Um, and I wrote down, "Steve never had ego or entitlement, and that's the difference." Yep. So I mean, until he said America's ass, which was like the cutest thing that's ever happened in a Marvel movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so true, by the way, Chris Evans, great ass. Um, but that happened, and he said, "Everyone in the world is looking for me." First of all, not everyone in the world. You're Captain America. You are not the world. And by the way, America people this is a big problem that we have we think we are everyone in the world um and he's like i don't want to fail them well bro there's a lot bigger things and we'll get into that later there's a lot bigger things going on in the world than your happy little butt throwing around a shield um and you're not and something that really bothered me i don't know if you guys picked up on it but he said i want to make people feel safe but for Steve, he was always wanting to make people safe, not feel safe. Right. You want to make yes, sure they right. were safe. That's and that's like a big difference maker, the way that that sentence is. Um, and so I think just like multiple times, even during the fight, I mean, he really wasn't very effective um, no. in a fight. I think that there's, you know, they show him during that Good Morning America thing, throwing that shield and and doing all of this. And I think that we're going to find more out about him um, because I don't actually think he's ever led for any reason other than self-serving reasons. That's a really good point. I, That's a really good point. Yeah, definitely agree. Back to that Good Morning America segment. Have you guys seen The Boys? I know we haven't talked about it before, but the uh, the kind of very dark Amazon, it's on Amazon Prime um, and it's kind of everyone in the world, not everyone in the world. There, it's, it's another superhero series, but it's very dark and very twisted. Uh, but a, lo- a lot of it is how they're marketing these superheroes. And that whole segment to me felt very the boys because they have a media persona. They have a way they are with the public, but then behind the scenes, of course, it's all total chaos. So that, that was an interesting observation I had of just, yes, he's being totally fake. And yes, he's playing up to the camera. Um, and it felt very much the boys and that duality of, of the superhero mentality. No, that's a really good point, Kate. Um, yeah, so John Walker, for me, I, you know, you that first scene, he's in that locker room like we've been talking about. And, you know, his wife comes in, or girlfriend, I, I'm assuming wife, but I don't think we really know yet, but I'm assuming wife, that... You know, oh, this feels like home for you and your home. And then his buddy comes in and they start talking about how, you know, John just wants to do the job. And it's funny that that's, you know, obviously this is kind of what they did with Steve is that, you know, they created this super soldier. And then all they did in the beginning was parade him around, went to these events, went to this, went to that. And it wasn't until Steve took it upon himself to go do something heroic that he really became Captain America for me. I think that's how it kind of went down. And now with John, I feel like it's more of, okay, we got this guy that isn't quote unquote, a super soldier supposedly. I, and I have, I, I know I'm iffy on that because I mean, 
it's one thing to be able to be like this great athlete and run fast, you know, run a little bit faster than everybody, maybe be a little bit stronger. But the way he was throwing that shield, man, I'm telling you that that seemed very super soldier esque. Or you have a little something in you that not everybody does. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, so like I, I, I don't know about that. I think like Chrissy, you said it before. I think we'll learn more about what he's what he has i think there there is more to his story as far as what his his ability because i i do think he might have a little it might not be the full obviously like super soldier serum that steve got or whatever but i do think he has something and obviously they're not saying that they're trying to make him like we're kind of talking about marketing wise look like a normal guy and this normal, you know, soldier. And, you know, he's, he's our Captain America. He, you know, and all that, which I understand. I mean, obviously with the blip and everything, you know, they want to have the, you know, person that they can say, yeah, this is our guy. This is, you know, this is the person that's going to protect us. I understand that, but he is not Steve Rogers and let's not get that twisted. I understand that he, he said he said some good things. I'll be, uh, and I think like we kind of touched on, you know, he he's definitely saying the right things. I mean, he told Bucky and he told Sam, well, I think it was actually more, it was more to Sam because that was when Bucky left the truck. He told Sam that he's not trying to be Steve Rogers, you know, which, and that's right. I mean, obviously I think he, that's totally fair. And I think that makes sense. However, you aren't really playing the role of Captain America that well, in my opinion, so far. Again, this is the first episode we get him and all that. I know we'll get more fleshed out. But just I think like we've talked about, like his arrogance, his kind of like, you know, I, you know, I want to do the job and I, you know, and all that stuff. It just it's self-serving more than, like you said, Chrissy, wanting to do it because that's the right thing to do, right? Like that's what Steve, you know, Steve was the one to lay it all on the line. You know, John, who knows? I mean, yeah, he got three medals of honor. That's great. He's a, obviously a well, well respected soldier and everything. They wouldn't have chosen him otherwise. But again, I think they did chose him because he is a good soldier and they gave him a little something extra to be this a little bit better soldier. Again, that's that's just my opinion. I think we'll find out more. I think that's where I think you're right. Yeah. Um, Somewhere that it went that I thought it was like a really cool callback is when they asked him, have you jumped on a grenade? Yes. Oh, that's a great callback. Yeah. Three of them because my helmet's special. Steve was still skinny Steve when he jumped on a grenade. Yep. So that yep. was heart. That wasn't technology. That wasn't. And he references, oh, I'm not Tony Stark or Dr. Banner at the very beginning in his little interview. But Steve was little skinny Steve, which was still the funniest thing that's ever happened in a movie. True. Um, when he jumped on the grenade. And so there's a difference. There's heart there. There's soul there. Um, it's not because you're trying to te- test out some technology that you might have in your helmet. Yeah, agreed. Right, right. And I think that. You know, again, uh, one thing that bothered me with him as well is, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe I, maybe I, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I just felt that he didn't really respect Sam and Bucky when they were together. I really don't. And the one line Absolutely that, not. right, right. The one thing that I think the line that really showed it in Sam was like, nope, was when he said, you know, I if I'm going to be Captain America, that, you know, it'd be great to have his wingman with me. And I love Sam's responses. It's always that last line. So right away, you know, he was trying to say, I need you. You know, we can work together. But as my, you know, as my right hand man, like, dude, you weren't there fighting aliens or, or androids or wizards. You were nowhere, dude. <laughs> big three. The big, the three, big three, right? Right. Can I just tell you as, as a girl from the Motor City, the fact that we had the words the big three and Red Wing all in one sentence made me so happy. And exactly. It's just so random. But I was like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so I just and then obviously later on in the episode, you know, he he gets Bucky out of jail and they start talking and obviously he's trying to convince them to work with them. And again, Bucky and Sam are like, listen, we we understand that you're trying to do like the good thing, but you have you are 
beholden by government you know, restraints and everything. Whereas we, we can kind of do whatever we want. So it doesn't make sense for us to team up. Then again, his response of, you know, just stay out of my way. I was just like, no, dude, I don't like, I don't, that's just not, that's not, that's not who Captain America should be. You know, like that's not who Steve was. That's not who that character is. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens as far as does he become kind of like Katie, like you said, that another enemy, quote unquote, kind of in a way, does he get in their way? Like what happens? Because we know in trailers, obviously, if you watch the trailers, we know Sam does get that shield back at some point. So how he gets that back, I think we'll we'll say a lot. So it's going to be I really interesting. I almost thought like we were going to have it happen. I almost thought like we were going to have it during the fight when Bucky grabbed the shield out of midair. So it was flying across. It was like, yeah. oh, is Bucky yeah. going to take it now? Um, and he didn't. But <laughs> and then the fight. I mean, honestly, to I mean, to to John Walker's credit, he can fight. I mean, he 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 held his own for the most part. Obviously. Um, those super soldiers is not just one. We find out there are eight super soldiers in this flag smasher group. That's a lot. So that obviously led Bucky to tell and to show Sam about a guy that he ran into during the Korean War, which is Isaiah, which this obviously was a huge thing. I didn't realize that this character is actually in the comic books. So Isaiah, uh, from my research, was basically Captain America while Steve was um, under ice all those years until they found him again. Like he was he was a, a black super soldier. He obviously he fought Bucky and sounds like he kind of kicked his butt if he took off half of his arm or whatever. So he can he was a pretty good, you know, pretty good soldier. And then obviously the, you know, after he did what he did, they, you know, put him in jail, he said, for 30 years and did all that stuff on him. So that was a very interesting character that I, you know, I hope we maybe dip our toes into again, because I would love to kind of know more about his his backstory. So that'll be interesting to see what they where they go with that. What do you guys think, uh, Katie, about kind of Isaiah and uh, that whole kind of uh kind of little information drop really yeah um it was very interesting to that whole that whole uh moment of meeting him and and just you know you look at bucky and how he hasn't aged in the 90 years you know and you look at isaiah and he obviously had different experiences and so much more pain um in in his experiences and uh, is he the only one is my first question. I mean, we've got right, eight right. at least flag smashers out there that have this serum. Who else is out there that has the serum? Who else is maybe in jail or being a lab rat right now, you know, that might be out there um, under whose government control, you know, that, that is that to me, the possibilities that are out there are uh, it's going to be very interesting to explore as the series goes on. But yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Chrissy, what about you? What did you kind of think of that whole kind of Isaiah? I loved it. I thought it was so necessary. I love that we're bringing in characters from that are, you know, deeper characters into the comics and introducing them into yep. MCU. Um, and we've done that throughout. And there's been references throughout, you know, every movie of deeper. And I've never read all the comics. So when something comes out, I'm like, mm, that feels like it was comic. Then I'll go back and research it a little. Right, right. Anthony Mackie's face throughout the entire scene. So and when good. he threw the, I don't even know what it was, into the wall, his face, I wrote Sam's face in big letters, um, was just so like, holy mo, no one told me about this. And yeah. you could see why he was disturbed by it, because I'm sure as a child, learning about that would have been so impactful in his life. Um, yes. But I, yeah, I think in that whole scene, you saw Bucky had to realize his own faults and you know why yeah, he, he did, did it. Yeah, and, he did. And I also think that Bucky questioned why he did it, but his intentions were good, not bad as to why he didn't tell anyone about it. Um, and Bucky, having lived very similar pain, knew, let me give this guy a chance to have a life. 
um, and not tell people. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a very impactful scene. I think there's a lot in that scene to digest from the minute the plane turns and, and, and he says, we have somewhere we have to go. Yep. Um, yep. you see the scene of this, you know, the plane turning and heading a different direction. And I think from that point on until we see stupid walk into the police department again, <laughs> Um, I hate him. I'm going to hate him the whole... And and, and although I like the casting, I hate the character. Um, I think it was just super impactful and necessary in the times we're in. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, Yeah, let's kind of talk about that real quick. You know, that whole scene after they leave Isaiah's and Sam, you know, asked Bucky, you know, how long did you know? Did you tell Steve? And he didn't tell Steve either. Because like you said, Chrissy, he wanted Isaiah to kind of, you know, he already dealt with a lot. He didn't want any more on his plate. So he kept it a secret. So, you know, they're they're talking on the streets. And then what happens? A couple cops come up and they start kind of asking Sam more than Bucky what's going on. And then they even ask Bucky, is this guy bothering you? And Sam's like, dude, we're just we're just talking. We're just talking. But then Bucky had to be like, do you know who this is? And then one cop had to turn to the other cop and be, you know, whisper like, yo, these these guys are Avengers. And then the one cop was like, oh, man, I'm so sorry, Mr. Wilson. And in the course he course corrects how he was acting so i i will give it to marvel for kind of bringing that social issue up in a show in that moment and not not throwing it in your face really right it wasn't like a big like oh we're making this a point you know to to do but they did it and i can and i really i I give them kudos for doing something like that to just kind of bring that type of social, you know, social political thing to a, to their show. I mean, I'll, I'll give them credit. Katie, what did you kind of think about that, about that uh, exchange? Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm glad that they did that. And I think the juxtaposition just of what's going on in our social society right now. uh, And also the, I found it impactful that that happened in Baltimore as well, um, right, which is a, right, a, right. a place that, you know, has been in the news for similar kind of situations um, in this within this past year and beyond. That was smart to me and I it, intentional. And um, again, I'm I, just like they're pushing the envelope on a lot of, you know, the language and the, the a little bit more of some of the social stuff that we'll get into a little bit later. I'm glad that they are. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, it's a good time. It was again, I think well done. It wasn't it wasn't again, really in your face. It was subtle, but it was impactful though. I think that's the thing that that was impactful. Christina, what kind of, what are your thoughts on that, on those little, in that little moment? I think you saw it coming when they were walking down the street towards Isaiah's house and that kid said, Hey, black Falcon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Sam had that exchange with him. And if we're going into, you know, this, this one people, one world thing that, you know, the flag smashers keep saying. And right. if you're going to designate people based on something different like that, then it, I mean, it's it's no different. And so and he said, so you're a black kid. And the way that Sam said that, I thought was just like, OK, so something we're about to have something happen. Um, but I was really I mean. Anthony Mackie acted that scene out so well. Oh, he had just like the right tinge of humor in it. And it was, I thought it was awesome. I loved that you saw the diversity of the neighborhood as well. Um, yes. If you looked yep. around in the yep. background, that was an extremely diverse neighborhood. And I thought mm-hmm. that was also impactful because I feel like this is post blip. Um, and so when people came back, it was different. They all came back to a different world too. Um, so I really did think that was impactful. I also found it quite funny that they put handcuffs on Bucky. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the front. Right. That kind of made me laugh. Like why he's going with you willingly. He's not going to stay. if he does not want to be in those handcuffs, he's not going to stay in them. Um, so I, I also did that, but yeah, I thought that was just a super critical scene. Um, 
and like you said, it wasn't in your face. And I've, I've done some, like I've tried not to be online since watching it because I don't want to see other people's opinions. Like I told you guys before, I want to form my own. Right, right. And there's people saying, oh, I, I don't want this thrown in my face. I didn't think that was thrown in your face whatsoever. You are thrown in your face. Let's have some dialogue. I'll talk to you. We'll have oh, some yeah. thrown in your face dialogue if you want that. But um, I don't think it was thrown in your face. I think it was very eloquently layered into part of a story that is so necessary and actually goes back 20 years in a comic. Right, right, right. That's, that's, I don't know how many years I'm just saying, but, but no, it was, right. I mean, it's right. It's an issue that, you know, obviously is present today and has been present for a while. So yeah, I, again, um, I think we all agree. It was a, it was a nice scene. It was subtle enough, impactful enough. And I think it was, it was well done. The acting too. Anthony Mackie did a tremendous job. Um, Sebastian Stand again, tremendous job in in that scene and stuff. So, really, really good stuff. Um, so the next thing I think we want to talk about are the Flag Smashers. We get a lot of information about these guys, so it's not just, you know, I think in the first episode it felt like maybe there was just one super soldier that, you know, jumped out of the bank and had the money, and maybe all these other people were just you know helping them out or whatnot. But we find out that every single one of those flag smashers were all all have all got serum somehow. All have some super strength. A lot of you know a lot a lot going on with those with those characters. Um, I love the leader. It seems like her name's Carly, uh, played by Erin Kellyman, who I'm a huge fan of. If you know Star Wars, she was in Solo. She played Emphis Nest. She's fabulous. I love her. So I I like how. You know, they they aren't your prototypical villains, obviously. They're more of they're doing it, they feel, for the right reasons. Very similar to Thanos as, like, he felt that snapping half of the galaxy away was going to restore some type of balance that was off kilter, in his opinion. So I feel like that's what this organization is trying to do as... We find out they talked about, you know, one people, one world, like Chrissy said, and how they want to bring back to to what it was like when everybody was gone. And there were more resources, right? There were more, you know, cleaner air like in Endgame, you know, Steve, you know, Steve says there's, you know, whales in the Hudson. A lot of things changed in those five years. And then to have half of the people, you know, half that disappeared all come back and the resources aren't there. That's a lot. There's a lot of, there's a lot going on in the world. And I like how they're touching on it and they're showing people's reaction to it and what they feel like they should be doing. And they obviously, this group is getting support. They find a hideaway and this guy says that, you know, you can come here anytime you want. There are many people that are behind you. They feel like they're Robin Hood. So it's very interesting with this with this organization, these flag smashers, you know, they're not, they're not the big three. They're not aliens. As far as we know, they're not androids and they're not wizards. So they are the super soldiers that are taking it upon themselves to get the world back to what they feel like it should be. And for it to be kind of, again, like their phrase, one people, one world, which is great. So Katie, kind of your thoughts on the flag smashers and kind of that whole organization. Well, it's great to see Emphis Nest uh, leading a ragtag band of, <laughs> right, of right, peeps right. again, right? Oh, my gosh. And I loved that, you know, in that moment, they thought that she was a um, hostage before that they they realized that, oh, no, she's also a super soldier. <laughs> right. This tiny, little, gorgeous little girl. But, uh, yeah, I love her, too. And I'm excited to see her in two fandoms that I enjoy. But uh, also, the, just the... The Flag Smashers as a whole, when they did get, get to that safe house, you know, we've, we've talked about how John Walker has a little bit of arrogance. I felt like they had a little bit of, of arrogance and entitlement, too, uh, you know, because this man who is telling them that, that they're like Robin Hood and giving heaping all of this praise on them. And you can see them kind of looking at each other like, you know, <laughs> like they're just like, whatever, dude. And he gives them, you know, my, my wife has prepared this food for you. And they're all like just totally snubbing their noses at this home cooked meal that this man has given them um, because he believes in what they're doing. And I feel, you know, one thing, yes, one world, one people. 
they have that as kind of their umbrella of trying to bring as many people to their cause as possible. But at the same time, it stuck out to me that Carly said, uh, I believe it was Carly. It might've been one of her compatriots, but uh, she said, one someone said uh, that, people in power are more committed to the people who came back than they are to the people who never left. And that was, Mm -hmm. you know, that Mm -hmm. that us versus them thing, you know, that, that has been interesting to watch develop and, and I'm interested to see them explore. That is what really stuck out to me because yeah, one world, one people, but not you guys that were gone for five years, you know, that, that, that to me felt a little bit like there's something there. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting kind of where, again, it's not like they were put on or they were, you know, given the serum to do like, you know, to take over the world. They're just doing what they feel is right. And they feel that the people that were here are that were that have been here for the five years are being mistreated. And now, you know, they are are considered maybe refugees and everything like that. It's a very interesting kind of layered uh, villains that we are, are having with the, with the flag smashers. Chrissy, kind of what are your thoughts on the flag smashers? I have questions. Um, so we talk about serum, right? Yep. Yep. Are we to believe that none of these super soldiers ever had children or grandchildren that were from back That's when Bucky point. became a super soldier That's a good point. with Isaiah, with Steve, that none of these people had children or grandchildren? Do we know that Very there's not out there or that that's something that could have been genetically passed on? Because who is Carly? What What's her purpose? Why? What, what's her why? Because um, she's clearly running on emotion. To me, there is she is fueled by some type of grief or anger. Um, it makes me question, does she have people who didn't come back? Um, what That's a good is point. what's her why? People don't you don't go and like be a revolutionary. You don't do I mean, even in your day to day life, you don't do something without a purpose. Right. There's always a purpose. And to be this committed to something she's got emotion she's got some type of grief she's got something behind it um and so i'm really interested and i think they turned down the food guys and snubbed it because that dude was handing them a bowl full of chicken livers and let's face it <laughs> I i'm about to go after that bowl of chicken livers um but yeah i'm, I'm interested i think we're going to learn more about her backstory who she is and why she is you know leading this yeah and i think it's interesting too with the flag smashers, specifically Carly, that's a really good point that, you know, what's what is her purpose? Because right now it just seems like they just want everything to go back to the way it was. But there probably is some deeper meaning. And for me, you know, when she got that text message from whoever saying that, you know, they know that she took what is isn't hers and that they're going to kill her. Like that means she she's got a past. So whatever that past is, it could have happened within those five years during the blip or post blip within these six months. Like there's there there's going to be a lot going on. And it sound, I mean, and we really don't know how long the Flag Smashers have been an organization. We assume pretty recent, but they could have started when the blip happened. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, five years later, you know, uh, how many more billion people? And then they feel the same way that they do. And now they're getting tons of recruits. Right. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to kind of see where they go with this organization, with Carly. And then obviously who, when they were leaving at towards the end of the episode, when they were on the airplane and they are, you know, they're found out. The one guy says it's the power brokers men. So like, who's that? Who, who are we talking about? Who's the power broker? What is he or she, you know, how are they involved? And then the vaccines, what are the vaccines for? Are they just the random vaccines? Or are they just for a specific thing that happened when you came back from the blip? Who, like, what, what are we talking about? So this is only episode two and there's so many questions and we have four more to go. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a wild, wild, wild ride. I think for these uh, last, you know, four episodes. I think we have to, I think we have to address that there was self-sacrifice involved as well. So Mm -hmm. you had someone sacrifice themselves for a cause. And 
and you had that's I think you saw Carly's emotion during that as well. But to have someone sacrifice themselves for a cause means that they truly believe in it. And I think you're right when we go back to talking about who what is power broker? What does that mean? I think we're going to find out a lot about displaced communities and talking about hundreds around the planet, um, refugee camps. Well, who yep. are the refugees? The people yep. who came back or did the people come back, bump people that were here out of their homes? And that's why now these people are angry. Like, tell me more about this. I need to know more. I, I hopefully yep. we're going to address it in episode three, but it just relates so closely to so much that's going on in our world today. Yeah. Yeah. Katie, kind of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, you know, the refugees, again, what we were talking about, that is, I want to know, too, it's the way they're talking, it seems like it's the people who were there the whole time that are now being displaced. And who are those people? Why are they being displaced? That is, like you said, those questions that we have. And I think, you know, just about her history, about Carly's history. Yeah, she's definitely got a past, but I feel like she is a pawn in some other bigger game. Like there's some other, I I would not be surprised. Yeah. I would not be surprised if there's some other big bad um, that, that shows up, especially given who we see at the very end of the episode, uh, which I know we'll talk about in a second, but I, I, I'm, (laughs) there's, there's a larger game afoot, I feel. And yes, knowing more about her history will help shed some light but there's something bigger going on and they the flag smashers the other groups that are out there these guys seem like they're the the most organized and the ones that are rising to the top but i feel like there's someone else pulling all the strings in the deep deep shadows that we won't find out about until later I did find something funny in that whole scene that probably wasn't meant to be funny, but let's talk about world's slowest pilot. Did you guys notice that that guy was like the slowest closing up in air? They got a bail. They've got people coming. You've got somebody running towards gunfire and the pilot's like taking his good old time, you know, adjusting his belt, getting like world's, I wrote that down. World's slowest pilot. That is not the man you want flying you out of this mission, by the way. So Definitely hopefully not. he's not going to be around for much longer because because he wasn't very good with us. He was just taking his sweet ass time. Mm. <laughs> That's a good, really good point. It made me point. chuckle. It was on the second, the second time I watched it. I was like, why is he so slow? They could have been out of here a long time ago. <laughs> That's a good point. He's a thorough. He's a thorough guy. He takes his job real seriously. Yeah, super serious. <laughs> super serious. But yeah, so I mean, obviously, let's talk about that real quick. End of the episode. Who do we see? Our boy Zemo in a cell, which was uh, Star Wars nerds like myself, two one eight seven. A lot of lot of lot of things with those with those numbers, so it was kind of cool. I mean, probably meant nothing, but you know, obviously, as as a Star Wars geek, I I caught that and that was really really cool. But you know, the conversation between Bucky and Sam before that, you know, I like how. Bucky was like, we really, I mean, basically they have no choice. Like the only other person that knows about the super soldiers is the guy that we fought, you know, a few years back and we know where he's at. So let's go talk to him. And the implications of that for Bucky could be huge, you know, because this was a guy that, you know, started saying those words and started turning them into that, that assassin and, you know, him going back to that that could bring up a lot of stuff for Bucky trying in in a time where he's trying to get himself right so it's going to be really interesting I think next week when we see him and Zemo face to face and I mean will what what happens do they bust him out because I think in a trailer if I'm not mistaken we see him you know, outside, not in a cell. So, I mean, what it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that character and how he plays into all this. I mean, is he, I mean, who knows? Is he kind of the deep shadow guy running stuff in a cell? Like, I mean, you really don't know. He could be, he's a pretty, he was a pretty smart guy in Civil War. Wouldn't put it past him. Katie, kind of what are your thoughts on Zemo and what, what we might see with him? You know, is he the leader? Maybe not. Is he involved somehow? Maybe so. I, <laughs> again, like I'm totally open to a lot of whatever they're going to feed us. But 
I wouldn't put it past them to make him connected in some way uh, to everything that's going on right now. It was it was a little bit shocking for me to see him again. Uh, just yeah, I, it, very lots of questions, lots of like what you know, and and just the fact that we've only got a couple more episodes with this and there are so many spider webs that have been built out with with this point in time in this universe that's exciting yeah no told there's a lot of places we can go chrissy what are your thoughts on zemo what the implications are um i hate his face um (laughs) almost like i used to be bucky (laughs) um no (laughs) so no, I, my first thought was, are they about to try to make Zemo a good guy? That's a good point. That's a good point. And I was like, yeah. are we about to have Zemo with his like penance? And this is, he's going to redeem himself because no, you're not. Number one. No. Um, so I had, I don't know. Um, I like that, you know, Bucky said, well, you know what he meant? He meant Hydra were my people. And, and, and he, he called that. And that was like ultra high security. Aren't we supposed to get Sharon Carter? Yes, she's in, she was in the trailer. I bet she. I bet we're we going to get Sharon week. at some point, probably next week. We're going to get Sharon. Um, so I really didn't know how to digest Zemo yet. I need to see more than just his face in a cell. Um, really quickly, but I do want to kind of call back to when Bucky and Sam were sitting there with Christina, the therapist. Oh yeah, and- I gotta bring that up. Yeah. We have to talk about it um, because, first of all, I love the miracle question. That's going to, like, (laughs) be a thing just so everyone's aware. I will be asking that to multiple people. Um, And that was suppose that while you're sleeping, a miracle occurs. And when you wake up, what is something that would you like to see? You would like to see that would make your life better. And I'm like, ooh, that's a really good question. I'm going to use that. Um, and then during the soul gazing exercise, which was just funny. I mean, they had their little stare down, which is just such a a Bucky and Sam thing. Um, but you saw the best acting Sebastian Stan has ever done. Oh, so at good. that very moment when he said. Steve believed in you. He trusted you for everything he stood for. And then, but maybe he was wrong about you. And if he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. And I wrote holy emotion. Yeah. Because that is the best acting Sebastian Stan has done, like, his entire career. It was good. It Um, was good. And so, and then Sam said, can you accept I did what I thought was right? And I mean, that did, that was two scenes earlier. Bucky said to Sam, I did what I thought was right. I didn't tell anyone about Isaiah. And so they kind of called it back um, right there. Next right. question I have about that scene is he said, what was rule number two? And it was don't hurt anyone. I want to know the rest of the rules. She said them in episode one. I can't remember. I can't remember what they were, though. <sighs> yeah. Well, it was. But I know was rule one, number two is don't hurt anyone. Don't do anything illegal. Yeah, that was yes. Right. That was the first. Don't thing, do that was the first. Yeah, which that was he's the already first done. Hmm. So I think Bucky's just going to go through the list of rules and break them, and I think maybe we can foreshadow what might happen in future episodes if we look at the list of rules. Yeah, that was in my head because yeah. he's clearly about to go hurt someone. Yeah, I mean, that, that, huge implications. Katie, got any thoughts on that scene too? Yeah, it was just another way to illustrate their really good chemistry. And absolutely, it it was such a quick scene, but it got to the heart of a lot of emotion and called back, like Christina said, uh, called back to doing what's right. And again, that calls back to Steve. You know, he was the he was the OG doing what's right. And I think that even though he's not a part of this, he is framed so much of who Sam and Bucky are as heroes, but also as people and um, the way that they are kind of taking that in and coming to grips with it. And also using that moving forward, knowing what all is external going on in this universe that's a powerful thing that he has had such an impact on those two men specifically. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. 
that's kind of it for episode <laughs> for this episode. There's there's a lot to talk about. Uh, any final thoughts, uh, Christina, on this episode at all? I hate John Walker. <laughs> I think that's across the board. I don't board think for that we're going to like him. I think at the end, I think at the end of this, this series, we're still going to hate him. Um, I don't really know that he can redeem himself in that ego. And guys, at the beginning, I told you in my notes, I have the words, um, the two words that I have in here about thirty times are ego and arrogant. And they all apply to him. And I just don't see someone as self-serving as him when we are talking about self-sacrifice on behalf of the Flag Smashers. You see self-sacrifice on behalf of Bucky and on Sam, and he's in it for him. And I think I'm just going to hate him the whole series. I hope that maybe we can take him and Zemo out at the same time. I'm not sure how that's going to work. But if we can get a two for one on that deal, I'm down for it. And and by the way, RIP Red Wing. Yes, oh, yes, yes. Moment of silence for our Red Wing. God, that was sad. Poor Red I Wing. Know, he didn't deserve that. He was just doing the most, too. Right. He had he all really the intel. Was. He Bless really his was. little heart. <laughs> Bless his little heart. Katie, final thoughts on the episode? Yeah. You know, they're setting us up for, like I said, a really rich story that they're going to be able to tell in not a whole lot of time. And... Hey, I'm here. I'm along for the ride. I am buying everything that they are selling right now. And I want more. Give me more. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a wild ride these last four episodes because there's a lot to get to, a lot to talk about. And it's just going to be it's going to be wild. It's going to be good. I'm really digging this series so far. So I think uh, it's yeah, I'm really looking forward to these last four episodes. Do we know if they're all going to be about 40 minutes long or do we know if we're going to have some longer episodes? Seems like it's just I 40. would like maybe yeah. some longer a little bit, maybe. Please. Thank you. We might get an hour or maybe like a 55 minute in there. I want to wasn't this one just a little bit longer? It was 50 minutes full on instead of about 40, 45. Yeah, this was just a little bit longer than episode one. So they could be, you know, maybe a little bit by little bit each episode get a little bit longer. So that would be cool. I'm on. I'm all for it. I'm all for it right now. All right, kids. That's it. That is our episode two in our talk about the Falcon in the Winter Soldier episode two. Kind of reaction in our kind of thoughts on it. So thanks for listening. Uh, Christina, where can the good people find you on social media? Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at A Beautiful Quest. Love it. Katie, where can the good people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Penguin Katie with a Y. Love it. And you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Low Row Nose. And if you guys want to follow this podcast, please go to Twitter and follow at Geek Broads Pod. And our episodes are on Anchor. In Spotify for right now, we are just getting approval for all the other platforms. So once those go live, we will let you guys know for sure. So thanks for hanging out with us, kids. Thanks for listening to us. And as always, until next time, stay geeky, everybody. Bye. Bye. See ya. (laughs) 